Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every Every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on, on this very, very rainy and gloomy Friday night in Pittsburgh. But wherever you are in Steeler Nation, I hope it's uh, nice and mild and cloud-free and rain-free. But if not, hey, you know, it's springtime, and... It's better than winter, right? It's better than all the snow we got last winter. So at any rate, I am so glad for you guys to join me. And before I continue, as always, I'd like to ask you to please like and subscribe to our Behind the Store Curtain YouTube channel where we bring you live shows each and every night, including this show, the Steelers preview, the Steelers postgame stuff. Uh, we run the North, Bad Language. Um, the curtain call in the off season that's with Jeffrey Benedict and uh Shannon White, two very excellent Steelers uh analysts. I mean, they, they do a great job, so please check that out. Uh, what else we have? Um, of course, we have the hangover on, on, on Monday with uh yours truly, Brian and Shannon. We have the Scobro show with Dave Schofield and his brother Rich, his big, big brother Rich. Um, I think that covered all of them. Uh, oh, yeah. Touchdown Under, which you saw earlier tonight, uh, Friday uh, evening, uh, with uh, Maddie Peverall and 
and Mark Davison. Um, uh, I think that's it. And you can catch all those shows uh, after the fact on any audio platform. I like iHeartRadio, but you, you can catch them anywhere. Spotify, Stitcher, Google, you name it. Wherever you can find audio podcasts, you can find our stuff. And, and believe me, you will be sorry if you do not search out Behind the Still Curtain content, uh, whether it's podcast form or or uh, written form. And also, I always leave this part out, all of our live podcasts that you can find on YouTube, you can also find on Facebook. So if you're watching me on Facebook right now, please be nice and let those comments be gentle and, and encouraging because I need it. I'm almost 50. I need some encouragement. I'm going to be 50 in less than a week. I'm going to be 50 on the day that the Steelers released their schedule and people aren't going to know about it. And then, of course, you have Mother's Day in there. That takes away from it. Some people are just so self-centered. Anyway, uh, please uh, be nice on Facebook. And also, we have a whole family of audio-only content that we bring to you each and every week. Um, Andrew Wilbar and, and Jeremy Betts, they do a great job with draft coverage. I mean, they did an excellent job. I was on last week on one of the roundtables after they, after the Steelers selected uh, DeMarvin Leal, Leal of uh, Texas A&M. And, I mean, Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar and, 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 and Maddie Peverall. I mean, they did an excellent job, and I was along for the ride. Those guys really know their stuff. And you're missing out if you don't catch uh, Andrew and, and uh, Jeremy every week on, on the audio side. Um, Jeffrey Benedict with from the cutting room floor, he really – he breaks down things um, that you wouldn't expect. He really does a good job. He, he knows this stuff. Um, Dave Schofield, the stat geek. Let's ride with uh, Jeff Hartman, the flagship show that we have on, on the audio side. It's really a popular show. And his ride or die crew, they're very, very loyal. And, and uh, you, you're missing out if you don't check him out. The live mic with Michael Beck. Um I always draw a blank, but we have plenty of, of, of audio only content. So please check us out. And of course, check out behind the steel curtain, the website where we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown, anything Steelers related, we will have it for you. And if you tuned in last weekend, Thursday through Saturday, Sunday, I mean, the content was nonstop, uh, on the uh, platform, I'm, I'm sorry, on the podcasting side and on the editorial side, the, the written side. It was just nonstop. And uh, before I continue with that, I just want to see who we have in the live chat tonight on this lovely Friday night. Steeler Pittsburgh, first one in. Welcome. George Teston, who says, hey, Tony. Terry Glover, who says, good evening, Tony. Brian Brown. Just me. Wow, just me joining us tonight. Brian O'Toole, always here every Friday. I, I appreciate that. Except for when he isn't, when I understand you have a life. I don't expect you to join in every week, but Brian O'Toole is one of our most loyal followers, and I certainly appreciate it, Brian. Uh, let's see, Nap1963. Steeler Chick 46. Another legend. Bridget Jones, who looks like a newcomer, so... You guys are all awesome, and I am so glad that you are joining me on this Friday, this rainy Friday night. And 
The one thing that's not all wet, in my opinion, is the 2022 Steelers draft class. And that begins with uh, Kenny Pickett. And when I, when I tell you I'm still gushing, as the title suggests, over the selection of Kenny Pickett last week at pick number 20, I am not lying. I mean, I was so just in disbelief that they, that they, first of all, I was in disbelief that no other quarterback was picked before 20. Because when you look at all the, the teams that needed quarterbacks, you know, Panthers, Falcons, Packers, not the Packers, geez, the Saints, and a couple others that potentially could have needed a quarterback for them to bypass all those quarterbacks and for Pittsburgh to have a shot at every single one at pick number 20. To me, that was amazing. And I know a lot of people look, look at that in, in a negative light because, well, if everybody passed on these quarterbacks before 20, then that must be a bad thing, you know, but that's glass half full or I'm sorry, <laughs> glass half empty. I tend to look on the bright side and, to me, uh, as a Steeler fan, um, if it, the way I look at it, you're the Steelers organization. You haven't needed to draft a quarterback in 18 years, since 2004. That's the last time that they needed to draft a quarterback. And even then it was up in the air because Tommy Maddox was the uh, – uh, returning starter. I mean, he, he came on in 2002. He, he replaced Cordell Stewart, became a sensation, uh, toast of the town, and made the playoffs, almost made it to the AFC Championship game. They fell short. Next year, it was a bad year, uh, and Maddox had a bad year, but everybody had a bad year. But still, you thought Tommy Maddox would be the starter in 2004, and he was the starter as the season progressed. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, as, as the season opened up, but um, the way things unfolded in the 04 draft, then Roethlisberger was available. Um, there was talk before the draft that they would draft a quarterback, and Roethlisberger certainly was a candidate. He was linked to the team uh, as far back as the fall, the previous fall. I remember waking up really early on a Saturday morning, and I was listening to ESPN radio and they were talking about Roethlisberger who was with uh, Miami of Ohio at that time and how he uh, could possibly be a pick for the Steelers who were still at that point, they were having a bad year as far as the record, but because the AFC North was still so, or at that time was so shaky, they still had a chance at making the playoffs, but still uh, Roethlisberger was linked to, to the Steelers. Um, but then Philip Rivers came along late in the draft process or the pre-draft process. So um, you were wondering what they were going to do. Of course, Eli Manning was the clear cut number one pick and he was picked by the chargers. He didn't want to play for the chargers. Uh, the giants were picking fourth. Uh, so they, they swapped picks. The, 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 the giants picked, Philip Rivers, fourth overall, but I guess the Chargers wanted him. So they made a trade after the draft picks. They made a trade, and that left Roethlisberger, and he fell all the way to number 11. 
Pittsburgh picked him, and the rest is history. So that was the last time they picked a quarterback in the first round, and that was the first time that they had done so since 1980 when they picked Mark Malone at the very with the very last pick of the first round. Back then, there were only 28 teams, so the 28th overall pick in the 1980 NFL draft. And I was seven. I was not quite eight yet. I was seven at that point. And I didn't care about the draft or, or know about the draft, but I'm guessing since they had just come off of uh, four Super Bowls in six years, and since cable really didn't exist, it, it was around, but it wasn't really omnipresent like it is now, or like it was <laughs> up until streaming came along. And because social media didn't exist, the internet didn't exist, I'm ge- I get a good feeling that it was much, pretty much an afterthought to a lot of people that they picked a quarterback. It certainly wasn't the news that it became last Thursday when the Steelers wound up with Kenny Pickett from Pitt. So um, back then, Mark Malone was brought in, I guess, to be the successor to, to Terry Bradshaw. But Terry Bradshaw wasn't even 32 years old yet. And uh, he could have played for another five, six years for all anybody knew, he wound up playing another couple of years. And of course, Mark Malone uh, never really lived up to that first round status. He became their starter eventually, but he was never, he never had the career that would um, uh, suggest that he was a former first round pick. But anyway, this was the first year since really 1970 when they picked Bradshaw number one overall. They won the coin toss with the Bears in 1970. This is the first year that they went into a draft realistically needing a quarterback. Yes, they signed Mitch Trubisky at the onset of free agency, and that was a big deal. And he's a veteran, and he's done some things in the league. He still has a lot to prove, but they had him in the fold. And, of course, they had Mason Rudolph in the fold. But the – there was still a a huge opening for the next starting quarterback after Ben Roethlisberger retired. So you wondered what they were going to do. And they certainly did their homework in the off season in the pre-draft process. They went and they visited with every, every uh, uh, quarterback prospect. They, you know, they went to the senior bowl. They went to the combine, of course, and they visited with uh, at their pro days, obviously Kenny Pickett and Leek Willis Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, I think even Carson Strong. I mean, they, they went to all the the prime candidates at quarterback in the pre-draft process. So they did their homework. They knew this was a big deal. If you remember back in, was it January, Feb, early February? In addition to Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, Art II, the owner, Art Rooney II, um, visited uh the senior bowl he 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 took he he made the trip to the senior bowl um so they knew it was a big deal and i've been saying this for a couple of years and this came to me a couple of years ago i didn't think the steelers were going to i hate to say the word i hate to use the word neglect but it kind of was a neglect um between 84 and 94 or I'm sorry 2004 after Bradshaw retired in 84 and they, and they drafted Ben in 2004, they didn't really, 
They, they didn't draft a, a quarterback in the first round. The highest uh, draft pick they spent on a quarterback in that time was on was a second round pick on, on Cordell Stewart back in 1995. And he was pretty good, but he wasn't obviously he didn't have the, uh, the, uh, what am I looking for? He didn't have the, 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 the skill set necessary to, to take them all the way to be a franchise. I shouldn't say take them all the way, but to be a franchise quarterback, he didn't really have that, uh, in him. Of course, needed a Neil O'Donnell, who they drafted in the third round in 1990. Bubby Brister, who was, I think, a third-round pick in 86. Um, you know, they brought in Todd Blackledge, I think, in 88, 89. He was kind of like a, a backup, but he, he wound up starting a little bit. Um, David Woodley, who they traded for in 1984. Uh, none of those guys really had that pedigree or that it factor to be a franchise quarterback. But, of course, Ben Roethlisberger was. But the problem was it took them 20 years to to go after a, a, a potential franchise quarterback in the draft. This time, um, mere months after after Big Ben retires, they they go for it again. And they have the entire menu of the, the entire pool of, of quarterbacks available to them. And, of course, the pick was Pickett. And... Uh, for a, a, a decision so huge and for all the quarterbacks available to them, I was amazed that they made the, the decision so quickly. I mean, it was, what, a few minutes um, before they turned the pick into Franco Harris for him to make the selection. So clearly, Kenny Pickett was the guy for them all along. You know, let's not kid ourselves. If, if, uh, there was a, a differing opinion or, or a difference of opinion within the, uh, the Steelers brain trust as to who the uh, quarterback should be, that the pick should be as far as the quarterbacks were concerned. If there was a differing of opinion, it wouldn't have taken them a few minutes to make the pick. I'm sure they would have had really um, intense discussions and they would have, they would have weighed the pros and cons of each pick. They would have gotten everybody's opinion as far as like, we're talking about Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, and Art the Second, maybe even Matt Canada. They would, they would have, they would have um, uh, debated this, but they didn't. They picked Pickett right away, which tells me that he was the guy for them all along. He was the he was their pick all along because um, for you to make that kind of a decision, you're going to weigh all the options. You're not going to take a few minutes. You're going to take the entire. 10 minute, a lot of time. If, for example, say Kevin Colbert was in favor of Pickett, but Mike Tomlin really did love Malik Willis, or maybe Art II thought, hey, maybe we should go in a different direction and pick a, a quarterback in the future and uh, maybe draft a different position. If there was that kind of, you know, because Kevin Colbert's retiring, he retired after the draft. If, 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 if Mike Tomlin, for example, had a huge uh, belief in Malik Willis, well, he's the one who would have to uh, coach him and live with him. Art the second to one who's going to have to pay him. If 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 those guys felt strongly about a different direction, then I'm pretty sure they would have said to Kevin Corbett, "Look, we respect what you do. You've had a great career here, but you're on your way out. You're retiring. 
we have to live with this guy, whoever we pick. So we feel strongly about insert here, whether it's Malik Willis or going in an, another direction besides Kenny Pickett. But yet they turn to pick in really, really fast. So that tells me that, as I said earlier, they did their research. They did their homework. They, they, they visited with all these guys. They visited with other uh, uh, draft prospects at, at other positions. And they decided with the entire quarterback field in front of them, plus other really good prospects at other positions, that Kenny Pickett was the guy. So to me, my hat's off to the Steelers for, for doing their homework and for being decisive about the pick when it was her time on the clock at pick number 20. So I congratulate them. I'm not saying it's it's going to work out because I don't know. Nobody knows. Not to sound like a cliche, but it is a crapshoot, right? It's a crapshoot. So, um, but I do congratulate them for, put, for all the work they put in because that showed me that they do realize this time, this time around, that you're no, you're nothing without a franchise quarterback. You're nothing without a a top end quarterback in the NFL. And when you have, you know, you know what you got going on in the AFC North. All the, you know, Deshaun Watson, of course, with the Browns, Lamar with the with the Ravens, and, and of course, um, uh, Joe Burrow, the 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 uh, what is it, twenty twenty number one overall pick with the Bengals. They just went to the Super Bowl, almost won it. You know what you have going on in the AFC North, but you also, excuse me, when you look at the entire AFC uh, picture, of when you're talking about the quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, who's up and coming, of course, um, uh, uh, Russell Wilson, who was just traded to the, to the Broncos a few months ago. Um, the, the Jets just drafted Zach Wilson, who, was the number one, the number two overall pick last year? You know, obviously the jury's still out on him, so you don't know. Uh, the Jaguars just selected uh, Trevor Lawrence. You have Ryan Tannehill with the with the Titans, who's a who's a really good quarterback. Um, of course, uh, Tua in Miami, who might uh, make that leap someday, and and they've certainly given him some weapons, namely Tyree Kill. Uh, to, to you know, hasten his his uh, progress. So there's you know the AFC uh, conference, as far as quarterbacks, is going to be a handful. Uh, no matter how you look at it, no matter how many of these guys fail or succeed, it's going to be a, a a handful. It's going to be a gauntlet over the next however many years. So you know you're you're without Ben if you're the Steelers, and and you knew what you you had in front of you. And you did your homework, and you had the entire field sitting there for you, the quarterback crop, and you made a decisive decision. So I, I, I congratulate them for, for uh, being aggressive and, and, and recognizing the importance of this decision and making a decision and not waiting until next year, not sitting on Mitch Trubisky, not saying, all right, we have, uh, we have Mason Rudolph. We had a first-round grade on him in 2018. No, they – drafted a quarterback in the first round who was in, in, in uh, the eyes of many, the top quarterback in this, in this class. So I give them a ton of credit and we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously 
it's 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 not there's there are no guarantees he might be an absolute bust we don't know but but i certainly applaud the steelers for 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 doing their homework and and walking away with the best guy as far as a lot of people were concerned and and that's all you can ask for as a fan so that's my first topic and as i was rambling on i noticed somebody gave me a super chat I think it was Ryan O'Toole, but I'm not sure exactly. I have to go and scroll back here. Uh, here it is. It's $5 from Ryan O'Toole. And I certainly appreciate that, Ryan. Thank you for the donation. You're a, a great fan, a great friend of the show, a great friend of me, uh, a great friend of the entire Behind the Star Curtain family. And, and I certainly thank you for the $5. And Ryan says, thanks for the kind words at the beginning. Love catching your show. Do you think they have enough? They have done enough to really fix the O-line, meaning the Steelers. As you may, may or may not know, if you're if you're a hardcore fan, you probably do know, Pittsburgh didn't didn't draft an alignment, an offensive alignment in, in, in the draft. And do I think that they did enough? The way the draft unfolded and what they had to what they did with uh with uh Pickett and of course Pickens and and um Leal and and and, and uh uh, Calvin Austin, the third, I like those picks. So, uh, or at least a few of them anyway. So do I think they did enough? Well, when you're, when you're talking about James Daniels, he was one of the top, uh, free agent linemen in the draft. They signed him pretty quick. They went out and they, they got Mason Cole, uh, who is a prime candidate to be a, a, uh, the starting center. He was, uh, a free agent. Um, they drafted Dan Moore Jr. last year out of, of Texas A&M. Um, not many people gave him a, a, a big chance last year, but he won the job out of training camp and started the entire year at left tackle, which is arguably the most important position on the line. Uh, they have Kevin Dotson uh, coming back as, as a uh, left guard. Um uh, they brought in Ke- Kendrick Green last year. They drafted him third out of, out of Illinois in the third round. Um, he struggled. He lost his job. Kevin Colbert said it was because of an injury, but according to the eye test, it was because of his his, his performance and the, I think it was an ankle injury, that was uh, a convenient excuse. But at any rate, he's a high-pedigreed player that they just drafted. Uh, they gave Shooks a core for a, a, a really decent deal to be their starting right tackle. Uh, at this point, I'm going to say yes, they, they, they did enough to address the line because uh, they spent a lot of draft, uh, draft picks on it last year. They, they, they signed a couple of high-end free agents this year. At least James Daniels is a high-end free agent. And, and uh, Mason Cole is a, mid, a middle mid-level free agent, you know, uh, Shukes been, has been a starter for them for a couple of years. He's not great, but he's not, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's a liability either. Kevin Dotson, a lot of people are high on him. So I think they, I think there's the potential, the potential is there right now for them to be much better on the line. So I'm, I'm comfortable with, with, with what they did mainly because they signed James Daniels and Mason Cole this offseason. And 
J.C. Hassenhauer really came on strong last year. Um, he's a developmental player that they brought in a couple of years ago. And, hey, you know, you never know. Maybe he'll be, you know, a future starting center for them. So I think there's enough there that they can put together a good starting five. But it remains to be seen. But I think they are better off than they were last year uh, at this time. And certainly two years ago. Um, I'm sorry, not last year, but like they, they're, they're better off last year uh, after they had to kind of gut the entire line. You know, Castro, Villanueva, um, Pouncey retired. Uh, so they had, they had a lot of work ahead of them. I think this year they're much better off uh, on the line. Uh, and that's mainly because of, of uh, James Daniels and uh, Dan Moore going to a second year. You have Kevin Dotson, who was, uh, he was injured a lot last year. He'll be back. He'll, he'll be the starter at left guard. So I think you're better off overall uh, now than you were a year, uh, a sp- one spring ago at this time. So I think they did enough. So we'll see what happens. Um, but that takes me to my next topic. Um, and that's, see if I have any more super chats. Nope. All right. So my next topic is why did they draft Kenny Pickett and not Malik Willis, not Desmond Ritter, not Sam Howell? Why uh, did they they draft Pickett at number 20? Why didn't they wait? Why didn't they grab another quarterback in the second or third round, which they obviously may have been able to do? Uh, Ritter was the next quarterback taken after Pickett. He went in the third round. uh, And then Willis went in the third round later on. So why did they pick Pickett instead of Willis, for example? And it's a fairly simple answer. The reason why they they selected Pickett is because they clearly liked him uh, above and beyond anybody else uh, in the draft. Uh, But but specifically the quarterback class, you know, and, and um, I realized that, that, that there, there were rumors out there that Pittsburgh really loved Willis. And I can see why there were rumors because um, Mike Tomlin seemed to show a lot of, of interest in him. You know, he had dinner with them. He met his family at the, it was the combine or the senior bowl, whatever it was. The interest seemed to be high. Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette, a well-connected Steelers insider for many years, said as much. He was their favorite, but yet they picked Kenny Pickett. Why? Again, clearly because he was their top choice. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, if there, were, if there were differing opinions about this quarterback class between Colbert, Tomlin, and Art II, maybe... Matt Canada, whoever else you want to throw in there. If there was a differing opinion, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have, it would have taken a lot longer than a few minutes to, to pick Kenny Pickett. So uh, that's why Pickett was the choice because he was their top guy. He was clearly their top guy between the quarterbacks and whoever else was, was uh, uh, available at pick number 20. That's why they picked Kenny Pickett. And you know, there are a lot of fans that were happy about it, but a lot 
still can't believe that they picked Pickett and they don't believe in the pick. And I get it. I do. But um, why him and nobody else? I get why you might feel that way. Because today in 2022, if you're a draft, Nick, if you're a draft junkie, if you're somebody who thinks of yourself as as being very educated and up-to-date and, and up-to-snuff on the draft, well, you have, a, you have a reason to feel that way because there's so much information out there available to you. Uh, I said this last week. I was a super primo, big-time draft junkie when I was a teenager. I was heavily into it. But that was way before the internet. That was before social media. That was before blogs and all these services that you have out there that cover the draft 24-7, 365 and give you information for free that's available to you at, at all times. So if you're one of those people in 2022 that's super into the draft, whether you're old like me or, or a teenager, well, you're going to do your homework. You're going to research these guys. You're going to do mock drafts. You're going to do everything. And you're going to come away with your with really strong opinions about all these, uh, all these players um, at different positions. So when you see, you know, it's easy in that, in that regard to fall in love with one or two specific players, right? So, um, that happened. That's always been the case with with uh, people that are big draft fans, draft experts. But I think another side of that uh, coin is the analytics, where you see a lot more more of that now, where people think like think that you can um, you you don't have to, to to target a specific player, but you can target a specific specific uh, position. Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. Um, and that these players are almost interchangeable, you know, like Willis didn't go to the third round. So a lot of people were saying, well, why did you pick Pickett in the first round when you could have caught clearly, you clearly could have got pick, uh, I'm not Pickett. Um, you clearly could have got Willis in the third round. He went to Tennessee in the third round. So why did you pick Pickett 20th overall when you could have got a, a quarterback from this class, a, a, a highly, highly talented quarterback in this class in the third round? Why did you do that? Well, it's pretty simple why they did that. And that's because Pickett was, was their guy all along. He was their guy. And for as much access as we have in 2022 as outsiders and you know, Mel Kuyper from ESPN is probably the most famous uh, draft guru ever. He's probably, I think he's a millionaire because of, because of that. He's been doing it for 40 some years. But at the end of the day, he's still an outsider. Case in point, uh, I think somebody said the other day he got six out of the 32 first round picks right. That's how accurate he was. Here's a guy who's been, who, it's been doing this for, gosh, probably since he was a teenager. 
and he's old now. <laughs> and he's still only got six of 32, right? And he's probably the top outsider uh, working today. He's certainly the most famous. And he probably even has some connections inside the, the NFL. Let's not kid ourselves. Somebody who's been around as long as he has, um, it's probably safe to say that he's developed some connections throughout his career. You know, whether it be a, a coach that wants to send a message or an agent or something like that, there are probably people on the inside that he is in direct contact with. And yet he still only got six of 32 right. So my point is, for as much access as we do have in 2022, it's still nothing compared to what the actual teams have. You know, they they meet with these guys constantly um, in the pre-draft process. You're talking about the Senior Bowl, the Combine, their pro days. Uh, they interview them. They, they, they get to see what they're like. Uh, in a one-on-one um, meeting, you know, uh, they, they talk to their college coaches or they probably, they probably talk to their high school coaches. Um, uh, they talk to their ex-teammates. They probably ask him questions like, what does this player do? How do you react in this situation? And, you know, he was, you were down by two touchdowns in the third quarter. Did he lose focus? Did he, did he, did he step up? Did he show leadership skills? What, what did he do? You know, so, there's a human element to this that we just we may we may we may never understand as fans, especially if you're heavily into the analytical side of things, you know. Um, uh, like for example, there's this growing sentiment with a lot of these positions that there are a dime a dozen, whether it's running back, receiver, whatever, you know. But if you look at a player like Antonio Brown, and I realize. He has a he has his faults and he's he has nobody else to blame but himself for his for the perception of him. But on the football field, he was a perfect football player. He may be the best stealer I've ever seen. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that for effect. Antonio Brown may have been the best stealer player I have ever seen in my life. And I've been watching them since Super Bowl 14 which was in January of 1980. So that's a lot of ground that I'm covering. And Antonio Brown from between 2013 and 2018 may have been the best Steeler player I've ever seen. He was perfect. He ran great routes. He had great hands. He was clutch. Name one time that that guy did not come through for them in the clutch. He came through for them in the clutch so many times. He was maybe the most clutch Steeler player ever, whether it was a, a touchdown catch, uh, a first down catch, a catch period, um, a sideline catch, whatever. When you needed that guy to come through, he did. And this this does not in, have anything to do with his his uh, off the field poor character issues. Just his makeup as a football player, he was perfect. He really should be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's how good he was. He had the best six-year run for any receiver in NFL history. This guy was great. So for 
people to say, well, you know, you don't pay this guy this kind of money, which is a lot of people are saying this stuff now about top receivers. You don't pay him that kind of money. You don't pay him top money. You, you go out and draft somebody. You replace him in the draft. But, you know, Antonio Brown's up here. And, you know, even a really good receiver is all the way down here. So if you're the Steelers or any NFL team and you're, and you're interviewing these guys, you're, you're, you have personal uh, contact with them. Um, in, or, I'm sorry, in-person in person contact. You're, you're talking to their family and their coaches, their old coaches. You know, that gives you a huge idea that clues you in on uh, the kind of football players they are. So, you know, for as, as much as we might look at the numbers or the analytics and say, hey, look, you could have got a, you know, somebody else in, with the 20th pick at a different position and, you know, Trent McDuffie, cornerback, and waited and got your quarterback in the third round. Well, basically, you're taking a human element out of uh, sports, you know, and clearly Antonio Brown, for as as horrible as he is oftentimes as a human being, he's basically a perfect football player. So uh, what it's been what three years since he left and they're still trying to find that somebody that can replace him, even uh, 50% of what he gave them. So and you might blame the quarterback play since 2019 as a reason why, but let's face it. A lot of the plays Antonio Brown made when he was a Steeler, a first-team All-Pro year in and a year out, he would have made those plays regardless of who the quarterback was. He was a special player. So, again, why did they pick Kenny Pickett? Because they felt that he was above and beyond, head and shoulders above anybody else at the quarterback spot in the draft. And this goes back to what I said earlier in an earlier show in article if you're them and you feel strongly about a specific player you know uh, namely a quarterback then you owe it to yourself to draft him and and trust yourself to be able to develop him into the player you think you think he can be so uh that's what they did with kenny pickett and again i applaud them so those are my thoughts on, on, on Kenny Pickett. As far as the rest of the draft class, uh, George Pickens, who was a second-round pick from Georgia, a ton of potential. He's got a ton of potential. Um, his uh, college career was, was hindered greatly by a torn ACL suffered last spring. Um, and Shannon White pointed this out uh, in the comment section of the article. I, I uh, published on Friday and I, or I'm, I'm sorry, Thursday. And I didn't really uh, think of this. Maybe it was Wednesday, whatever day that was. Is that Pickens really didn't have great quarterback play in college. So that might've have, might have hindered his first two or hindered his first two years. And his third year was, was kind of hindered by trying to come back from the torn ACL. But as far as his measurables, and his makeup, he looks like he has the potential to be a real, the real deal. So I'm really excited about him. Uh, DeMarvin Leal, I mean, and, and he 
maybe could have been a first round pick, but there's a lot of uncertainty regarding his position at the NFL level because he's what 283, 285. And maybe he's not fast enough to play on the end, but he's not big enough to play in the interior. So that's why he dropped. But if he's a great player, regardless of his measurables, uh, uh, the Steelers may have gotten a, a steal in the third round. So we'll see about him. Uh, Calvin Austin, the third from Memphis, the receiver. I really like him a lot. Um, he's really, really small, like 5'8", 170 pounds, but he's fast. He uh, recorded a 4'3", 40-yard uh, time at the, at the combine, and he's being looked at as a possible uh, – unique toy in Matt Canada's offense. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him, to watching him, uh, to round out the draft. Uh, Connor Haywood, or Hayward, I should say, uh, Cam's uh, younger brother out of Michigan State. He looks like a jack-of-all-trades. He could play tight end, H-back, fullback, maybe some running back, certainly special teams. Um, they got him in the sixth round. Uh Mark Robinson in the seventh round of Ole Miss. He's a linebacker. Uh, he bounced around in, in, during the first uh, three years of his college career. And he, he walked on at Ole Miss in the senior year, made the team, and was a starter. I think he had eight and a half sacks. So there might be some potential there for him to, to up his game. And who knows? Maybe, maybe if he does, he could be a really good uh, backup for them, maybe even more. You never know. And, of course, uh, the quarterback out of South Dakota State, uh, whose name <laughs> escapes me. But uh, I can kind of see the plan. You know, the first four picks, you can definitely see a plan. Quarterback, um, receiver, D-line, to, to add some uh, depth and maybe find a future starter. And, of course, you add on to the uh, receiver room with, uh, with Austin. So, and then the last three picks were like you know, special teams, maybe depth, uh, maybe you find a gem. And of course, uh, the quarterback out of uh, South Dakota State, he could possibly be a third round, uh, I'm sorry, a third string quarterback down the road. You just don't know if he makes the team out of, out of, out of the uh, training camp. So uh, those are my thoughts. I was going to talk a little bit about Devin Bush, but I can save that for next week. Um, I'll take some questions and comments to round out the show. Uh, let's see what we have here. Mark Malone, who may or may not be the original Mark Malone. I don't know. He says, I think Pickens is going to be a force. I hope you're right. This is Ryan O'Toole, who was generous uh, in donating five bucks earlier. And he says, I see AB as a rep concert scheduled for Pittsburgh. I didn't hear about that, but it doesn't surprise me. What else we have here? This is from Illegal Italian. Wow. I won't call the authorities. Anyway. And he says, or maybe she says, 
I, I feel like there will be documentaries one day about how incredible of a tandem Big Ben and, and AB were. Kind of wild to look back on it now. And that's exactly right. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, Roethlisberger made Brown a better receiver. And I'm sure that there's truth to that. But uh, Brown made Ben a better quarterback. And certainly, it, you know, I can't imagine Big Ben not feeling a great deal of comfort uh, knowing that uh, he had uh, A.B. out there uh, week in and week out. For as goofy as he was, and he was goofy, more goofy than we thought, as it turned out, during during his uh, career here, but he was, you couldn't find anybody more dependable um, <coughs> uh, during your game. He, he was his clutch. And, and that's the fascinating thing about it is, you know, people are always looking for high character and, 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 I, and rightfully so. But here's an example of somebody who his character has always been questionable and rightfully so. But there wasn't a more clutch player in the history of the team, maybe. And even Santonio Holmes, who I, I mean, he's really come a long way over the years, but during his time here, he had a questionable uh, series of events. And can you name somebody more clutch than him when he was here? Sometimes that clutch gene has nothing to do with high character. It just is what it is. And that's why uh, these teams, you know, they, they, they interview these guys, they, they get a feel for them and they, and their access again, for as much as we have access it's nothing, even to this day, compared to what those teams have and the feedback they have, and you know what, you know, you know, like you know what uh, clues do they have that player A is going to be worth keeping around in five years, and player B, it's not just the measurables; it's it's uh, uh, the intangibles, uh, how they answer questions what their teammates have to say about them, what their coaches have to say about them, what their high school teachers have to say. Who knows? They're, they're family members. I mean, they're, they're really thorough with their, with their research. You know, these coaches and, and GMs and scouts. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just about the numbers. And Brian Brown says Tony must be must mean Odukin. I think I I think that's how you say his name. But yes, he, he's an intriguing prospect. Um, you know, let's let's face it. Mason Rudolph is his. He's on a he's on borrowed time right now. I feel bad for him, but you know, when you go out and sign a you know the top veteran quarterback, presumably in free agency, and then you go out and sign or draft the best quarterback in the, in, in the draft class. That doesn't say I, I wouldn't be feeling very confident if I was Mason Rudolph right now. And he's, he has a $3 million contract and none of it's guaranteed. Yikes. And then you go out and you, and you, and you draft somebody else in the seventh round. Somebody looks like he could be very talented, you know? So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, but, 
if, if I'm Mason Rudolph, I might be asking for my release right now so I can catch on with, with another team uh, and have a better shot at competing for a starting job in training camp. You know, so we'll see what happens with that. We'll have to keep our eye on that. And this is Johnny Bravo. who says, Tony loves Shrek. I don't know what that means, but I, I've watched Shrek in the theater a few times because I have uh, younger cousins and uh, nieces and nephews. So I do love Shrek. So guilty as charged. And on that note, at the 50-minute uh, mark, I think I will bid you all adieu. Um, I thank you for joining me on this Friday night. I think it was a, uh, a fun and productive uh, show, and I hope I provided you with some, with, uh, some great content. Um, if not, better luck next time, right? There's always a second chance. And um, I will talk to you all on, uh, on Monday on The Hangover with uh, Brian and Shannon. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody, and go Steelers. And Ryan O'Toole says, Tony, you look tired. He is right. I went to a concert last night, uh, John Mayer, and I was I was out till like 12 30, 1 o'clock. I worked all day. I did some yoga. I am beat. But that's no excuse. Uh, but I hope hopefully I provided you with a great show. So you guys have a great night and go Steelers. Time to stop it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.